Hello and welcome to Design Break Podcast, a podcasting experience designed to help you break into the creative world, grow your career, and push your potential as a creative professional. I'm your host, Rocky Rourke, and I'm here to help you accomplish all of that. So let's get started. Hello, podcast family, and welcome to a new episode of Design Break Podcast. I'm your host, Rocky Rourke. Today we have a thought-provoking episode entitled Death Rattle to NFT PFPs or PFP NFTs. It's hard to figure out which one it is and why I basically decided to cancel and completely end my NFT project. Now, in this episode, we're gonna be delving really deep into the world of NFTs, specifically PFP NFTs, which it's gonna get confusing for some of you who have never really delved into this topic or may not even know what the heck I am talking about. Don't worry, I'm gonna try to fill you in with as much information and terminology explanations as possible. Uh, But if you have any questions uh, involving this whole topic, please feel free to send me a DM on Twitter and I'll do my best to answer any and all questions that you have. But in today's episode, we're gonna be discussing my own personal experiences with NFTs, the NFT community, and things like that. So take everything that I say with a grain of salt. It's my own personal experiences. It's not everyone's experience when it comes to NFTs and specifically PFPs. This is gonna drive me crazy saying all that. Um, But some of you may be wondering what the heck is uh, an NFT or what the heck is a PFP or what are PFP NFTs? Wow, that is going to be a crazy tongue uh, tongue twister for sure. Uh, But basically, uh, just for a a quick little explanation, the word or the acronym NFT stands for non-fungible tokens and PFP stands for profile pictures. It's weird. I don't understand why it's PFP when it should be PP. I don't know. Maybe people didn't want to uh, sound weird when they said it, but I will go into more of a deep dive into both of these uh, a little bit later. Now, before we dive into all this, I want to basically take a moment and connect with all of you, all of you amazing listeners, all of you who are watching this video up on YouTube, and basically say thank you. Thank you so much for tuning in to today's episode. If you're watching this episode on YouTube, please remember to hit that like button. If you like this video, hit the subscribe button, and of course, turn on notifications. If you guys are listening to this episode, definitely go check out the fact that we do have a YouTube channel specifically for this, just search at The Design Break and you'll be able to find it as well as my own personal account at Rocky Rourke. By doing this, you'll never miss out on the valuable content that I'm gonna be sharing both visually and in shorts and reels and things like that. So definitely go check us out on YouTube. For those of you who are listening to the podcast, whether you're listening on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever it is that you're consuming this podcast, please definitely hit the subscribe button. And if you enjoy today's episode, please definitely leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, whether it's just a rating or an actual written review. As a token of gratitude, moving forward on almost every episode, hopefully it'll be every episode, I'm sure I will forget moving forward from time to time, but moving forward, we are going to be giving a shout out to one lucky listener who has left us a written review on Apple Podcasts. So stay tuned to find out who the lucky person is for this episode. I'm gonna be giving them a shout out at the end of today's episode. So who knows, if you guys have left us a written review, it could be you. 
So without further ado, grab your favorite beverage. Mine personally is Liquid Death, not sponsored. Uh, Sid Pack and enjoy today's episode on why I decided to quit my NFT project. And hopefully by the end of this, you will not be tired of me saying NFT, PFP, or whatever other acronym that we end up saying in today's episode. So let's get started. Okay, so generally in this episode, we are going to be discussing NFP PFPs or PFP NFTs, whichever one that you want to go with. And what that pertains to is artwork. That's the big blanket statement there. An NFT PFP is a piece of digital artwork. All right, so basically, I'm gonna be reading my notes here on, on my script here, you know, but basically, according to theverge.com, NFTs are specific piece or specific uh, elements on the blockchain that are designed to give you something that can't be copied and has clear ownership of the work, meaning that you own this work. You are the owner of it. It cannot be copied. So think about it this way uh, with art prints, right? Usually with art prints, there's sometimes like one of 10 or one of 100 or one of 250 or something like that. What this is, is it's the digital form of this we're using the blockchain, which I'm not gonna go too much into explaining the blockchain. It is still somewhat of a mystery to me. If you like to, there's so many resources out there for definitely go check it out. But it's a way for you to digitally show ownership of a piece of artwork. Or in, there's other ways of representing it too. Again, we're talking about artwork only on this episode. And so basically, the interesting thing about this is you know, you can think of the NFT as a digital stamp of ownership, but that's not just it. It also shows its history. It shows who has owned it, who has created it. And the interesting part about it is that it can still be connected to the original creator of it, the original artist or designer, and they actually can get royalties from it. So whenever the NFT changes hand from one person to another, whenever it's been purchased, the artist actually gets a small cut of that, usually between five to 20%. So another way to think about this is in the art world, specifically with paintings. Paintings usually have some sort of like provenance or history associated with it. And it shows like the ownership and the history of it. Think about a lot of uh, paintings during World War II. The provenance also includes like this painting ended up in uh, the hands of the bad guys. Uh, I'm not going to say who they are on here or anything like that, but usually ended up in some castle in Bavaria. Let's say it that way. Um, and then it was exchanged hands to a GI, a, a soldier who purchased it and brought it home and then sold it in the art market and stuff like that. So you have this like provenance, this history associated with the painting. Uh, the same thing can kind of go with NFTs. The biggest difference here is that with a physical painting, with a physical piece of artwork, the artist, him or herself or themselves, will only get paid when the painting is originally created or sold or things like that. And that initial transaction. With NFTs, the artist actually gets a percentage every single time. And they set it up in the creation of the NFT how much residual or how much uh, royalties they're going to make on every single 
purchase or every single transaction. So one, when they first sell it, they could make maybe a couple of bucks. But then if it becomes a popular item or a popular part of a set, like Bored Apes, for instance, those things were selling for half a million dollars or a quarter of a million dollars or something like that. Every single time that they were sold and resold and sold again, every single transaction, the artist who originally created them got a percentage of it. That's right. You know, they got probably anywhere between 5 to 20% of that purchase price. So half a million dollars, 5%, you do the math, it's a lot of money. And so, you know, this is what really kind of drove so many people to get into NFTs and specifically PFPs, which is where a lot of the money was or somewhat kind of is today. And so basically, you know, with PFPs, uh, a PFP, as I said, the definition of it is a profile picture. So what you have here is you have a uh, piece of artwork, a profile picture, specifically this artwork is designed to be a profile picture that has been tokenized uh, with NFTs. And so it's now on the blockchain. Now it can have ownership and things like that. And so basically a NFT PFP is a digital collectible. Think about Pokemon digitally or Beanie Babies digitally. And I'm going to bring those up a little bit later. But, you know, it's basically a collectible that can be used as someone's social profile picture and they own it fully. You know, it's not just a copy. It's not just, you know, a picture they download offline though some people will argue that it kind of is, but you have a specific ownership of that token, of that NFT. Uh, and so, you know, a great example, again, Bored Apes is a, is a big example. A few, a couple, another one that comes to mind is Doodles, uh, which is by a friend of mine, Burnt Toast, um, somewhat a friend of mine. And, uh, you know, there's a lot of other, you know, projects out there. And so what you know, happened is you had this giant influx of all of these artists and designers who were going in and creating these projects. And instead of just creating like one-off, or sorry, they were creating one-offs, but instead of creating like a single PFP and selling it, you know, they were creating 500 at a time, 1,000, 10,000 uh, individualized uh, PFPs. And so usually they did this through... Um, uh, generating specific characteristics. They created a large field of them and it's just chaos. And I'll get a bit more into the creation process of it uh, in a bit. Um, but when I first learned about NFTs, I was skeptical and I still am skeptical. I'll, I'll be honest with you. I believe in, in, in NFTs. I do not believe in the PFPs. Uh, and there's a host of reasons that I'm going to get to uh, further along in the podcast. But when I first heard about them, you know, I just shoved them off. I said, nah, that's nothing. Uh, but when I started seeing friends of mine who were creating these projects, like, for instance, uh, Doodles with Burnt Toast. Burnt Toast, I believe I met him once. Uh, we've chatted quite a bit on online. We were part of some Adobe project or Adobe um, streams and stuff like that in the past. Uh, but he created one called called Doodles, which was a pretty big hit. It still is. And it's a really cool artwork and everything like that. I also heard about Grim Syndicate, which is from another creative that I know named Justin Mazel. 
uh, and I just loved the artwork for it. It like really drew me in. It drew me in to see just like the community that was being built around it. And that was something that drew me into NFT's uh, projects, specifically to PFPs, is the community that was being built around it. And the cool thing was is that you didn't just have these pieces of artwork. It was more than that. It was artwork, but then it was also uh, stories behind it. This was something completely different than what I had seen in the past. You know, a lot of artists will put out series of prints or posters or collectibles that don't have any real story behind it or they don't share the story. Here you had, especially with Grimm Syndicate, which was the first one I really paid attention to, you had a full storyline behind it. You had a reason for the creation of all of these individual NFTs. And so it just blew my mind. It really brought me into it. And then uh, another friend of mine, this is a really good friend of mine, uh, Peter Del Tondo and the agency he was working with uh, or partnered with, they started creating Dronies, which was a new NFT project that I kind of got a preview of, a glimpse into that not a lot of other people uh, got a chance to see. And so all of this was just fueling the fire in me to go in and create this series or create my own project. And so this was probably, I would say, end of summer, beginning of fall uh, of 2021 when I started to really, you know, think about what I was going to create. And there was a lot of ideas that popped in my head. Like I was thinking about, oh, let's do kaijus, you know, Godzilla-like creatures. Um, let's do a series of retro technology and stuff like that. And what I ultimately decided on was to create uh, this large environment of monsters of like mutants. And we ended up calling it uh, Mutant Island, which was the name of the, the project. And it was not spelled the way that you normally would spell mutant. It was spelled M-E-W-T-O-N. And it was a play on the words of mutant and Sir Isaac Newton. Um, and it was a fun project overall, a fun storyline. And just like the ideas that were flowing through me during that project was just amazing. Every single evening after I got done with my, my work during my day job, and even when I was like traveling or flying to places, I was just on my iPad drawing, working on the entire, uh, the entire series and the different uh, variations on things. And ultimately, everything I created was done on the iPad, which was very different from a lot of the other NFT creators. A lot of the creators were using Adobe Illustrator, Photoshop. Uh, a lot of people were using Figma, which I use Figma for organization aspects. But every single thing that I created for the project from the branding itself to the actual uh, character variants and things like that was done solely on my iPad Pro using Adobe Fresco. And so my idea was not only was I going to drop this, you know, massive project, but I was also going to do it using, you know, one of my favorite Adobe softwares. I might be able to get some sort of backing from Adobe with this or at least some promotion from Adobe with this. So there's a lot of really fun things going on with this project. Now, the idea behind this was a storyline that I've had in my head for decades now. Um, and that was that you had this um, Dr. Mutant 
who created this race of beings, these helpers, um, if you will, these these creatures that were that helped him to try and save the planet from an evildoer. I can't remember the evildoer's name <laughs> off the top of my head, which is sad um, because I haven't really thought about this project in uh, quite a while. But, you know, it, it was a really fun idea. You know, there was a long storyline of like how he created um, these character or these uh, monsters, these creatures, these mutants, and how, you know, he built this island, this mobile island that could, you know, travel the world and no one could find where he was and things like that. And it was just pure inspiration. It was pure imagination and creativity. It was probably one of the most fun projects I've worked on for myself in my entire career, you know. And this whole idea stemmed from uh, actually the original storyline I had for my uh, my avatar, who is Bob. For those of you who follow me on Instagram, at Rocky Rourke, you may have seen my avatar is, has been for almost the entire time I've had Instagram, uh, this little blue cyclops. And that is Bob. That is my avatar. He has been my avatar, my logo. Going all the way back, I think, to high school is when I first like started drawing him out and using him and everything. The more modern representation of him started probably in college. Um, and I've shared some of this on Twitter um, and some of this on uh, Instagram as well. But the whole storyline came from him. And, and just like this uh, idea I had when I was a little kid who uh, was struggling through a lot. And I've, I've talked a little bit about that in the first episode of Design Break Podcast, kind of like talking about my creative journey. Um, but I created Bob as an imaginary friend who was a 50-foot-tall blue cyclops. Um, always, he was always blue. He was always 50-foot-tall. 50 50 and he was kind of like this protector for me. And so the storyline for Mutant Island came from that original story for Bob, for the Blue Cyclops. And so it brought a ton of meaning, personal meaning to me, to who I am, to the work that I'm doing and everything like that. And so it was just very personal for me. And so, you know, I created this huge amount of characters. I think honestly, when you break down all the different components for the project, uh, there could have been, I think, six billion different variants of the mutants. And so the way that you go about creating one of these PFP NFT projects, especially the ones that are going to be like a large amount of characters, is you take specific attributes. So, for instance, you have your head, you have the eyes, maybe a nose, the mouth, ears, hair, clothing, like color and things like that, and you take those and you spread them out. So, for instance, uh, with Mutant Island, I believe there was 50 different sets of eyes. Uh, there was 30 different sets of ears or ear-like appendages, uh, hair and hats, probably another 50, and so it just kept going on and on, and then uh, incorporating, I think, six to seven different colors for like the skin tone and everything like that, 
it just grows exponentially the amount of features that, that you have. And so generally that's what happens with pretty much every single NFT project is you start with these specific features and you build out. So everyone started with the base head, neck, and torso. Uh, and then from there, you could then put on the eyes and everything like that. And it was kind of like, uh, the best way I can describe it is, for those of you who understand this is probably too old for a lot of people, is like paper dolls, right? Where you're taking a base shape and then just adding features on top of it. And so that's generally how all of these projects are done. All of them from the board apes on down, they're generally not fully customized. Now, sometimes you inject certain ones that are fully customized. Like we were working on uh, special characters. Like I had Gilligan's Island characters on there. I had uh, superheroes. I think I did Captain America. I think I did Thor and Loki and things like that. And so you create these types of custom characters and you inject them. And those are like the, the ones that everybody is trying to get. And so it really took a ton of time to, to create all this. I started on this, I wanna say September or October 2021, and I still was not fully finished by I think January or February and just creating the NFT parts of it, all the different components and creating all the uh, custom variants and things like that, like the Loki, Captain America, etc. And so, you know, that was basically, I think like six months, six months of my life was dedicated to just creating all of this. And on top of that, the thing that a lot of people don't think about is you have to work on building a community for all this. So I was going through and I was doing live streams on YouTube. I was doing uh, live streams on Twitter or on uh, Instagram and I was promoting the heck out of it. In fact, you guys can see some of the mutants on my Instagram, at uh, Rocky Rourke, and see some of the ones I posted on there to get like an idea of like how everything was gonna look. And, you know, we were building a little bit of a following. I think we only got like, I think 300 followers on Twitter, which is more than the podcast is uh, right now, but it's something that just took so much time. And remember, at the same time, I'm juggling a day job, I've got a couple of freelance projects coming in from time to time, and I've also got a life with a wife, uh, with three dogs, and uh, you know my mom and everything like that. So I have to do a lot of stuff to just keep the roof over our heads in addition to all this other stuff. And eventually what happened was I closed Blue Cyclops from doing any freelance work. I had to, because I didn't have any stuff coming in. So everything was being created um, for the NFT or every, all my spare time was being created for it. And my stress levels were like going through the roof. My mental and physical health was taking a toll. I ended up, I think, gaining like 20 or 30 pounds during the whole uh, the whole thing that I still have yet to, to lose. And my state of mind was not good. I was so tired. I was so exhausted. My creativity was being drained because I was doing all this. I was, yes, super creative. I was so excited about it. It just wasn't seeming like it was being, it was worth it to me overall. And so ultimately I decided to put the project on hold so that I could take a breather, so I could like, whew, you know, decompress and just like, you know, get better 
you know, feel better, be better and everything so I could jump back into it. Um, at the same time, I had multiple friends who are illustrators and designers and other agencies and things like that who were, you know, putting out their projects, launching them and things like that. And it was during the same time that the cryptocurrency that we were going to be uh, releasing on Solana took a nosedive. It went from being at the time when I first started working on the project, it was hitting like $250 per Solana coin or whatever you want to call it. And by the time that I took my break, the 256 had dropped down to like $100 or something like that. And it just kept going down over time. It was never going up. It was always going down pretty much. And so it was starting, people were starting to, to like uh, become delusional about it. And so what ended up happening was, especially with these projects that my friends were putting on, is you were having a lot of toxicity. Um, specifically toxicity with uh, the community itself, where people were looking at these projects not as these fun art projects, these fun things that you know you can go through and uh, you know be part of this universe, be part of the storyline, and like really enjoy it. But there were a lot of people, especially in the Solana community, which I'm going to get flack about this. I don't care. Um, this is just my own opinions. Opinions are, you know, like certain things. Everybody has them. But the toxicity was being so bad because people were fo were seeing these or focusing on these as investments, which yes, they kind of are. They are, especially like the bigger ones where you're selling, you're making, you're buying them for ten thousand dollars, selling for five hundred thousand dollars. I understand that. But with these smaller ones, these ones that are usually cheaper, they were focusing on it like, oh, this has to make money. Like this is, this has to go to the moon. It has to be the next board ape. I'm sorry, no NFT project is going to be the next board ape. That was, it, it just had the right circumstances. And so uh, with a specific project, I'm not going to mention which one it was, um, I was seeing that, you know, people were being super rude and like the comments, the, the specific project, the team took a small break, a, a, like a breather, like a one week break after their launch. And so many people were like, how dare you take a break? We just invested this money with you. You guys are not doing anything for us. You know, you need to be focused on us 100% of your time. And just hearing this and seeing this and, and just hearing from the team itself that how burnt out they were becoming, I was like, I don't want that. You know, I don't want to, you know, be a part of something that's going to be toxic like that. You know, I, I'm a big guy. You know, if I, you know, get super stressed out, I could have a heart attack and everything or I could have a stroke. And I don't want that to happen because of this project nothing is worth that in my opinion nothing is worth dying over um when it comes to nfts no way I don't, I don't care how much money and you know it was something where i was like okay you know i've put so much time into six months of my life into this project all my spare time all the time i could have been making money doing freelance work i could have had my business like you know being profitable and everything like that and I was like, okay, I can either keep going, keep putting in more time, more energy and everything like that, or I can just walk away. 
I can chop everything up to a loss. You know, I wish I could figure out if there was a way for me to get a tax write-off for that, all that waste of time. I don't think there is. It'd be great if there was. Um, but I decided to just completely cut my losses. And that's one thing that you have to figure out for yourself. And this is devoid of NFT, PFPs, whatever, is when you invest so much time into a project or into something, you need to learn when to walk away. When do you have to walk away? Or when should you walk away? Is it going to be something that's gonna be detr detrimental for you down the line? Or is it something that you need to uh, put a hold on or reevaluate and things like that? And so that's what I had to do with Mutant Island with my NFT project. And ultimately, probably the biggest deciding factor beyond this and beyond the toxicity of the community was that I kind of just started viewing uh, the PFP NFTs as a waste of money. They are not a good investment. <laughs> they, they are the beanie babies of this generation, of this time frame. And so I decided, you know what, I'm just going to cut my losses completely. And I decided to end my project. This was, I think, March or April 2022 uh, when I decided to do this. And I announced it on Twitter. I talked to, I actually had a, a partner in the project um, who was going to help me with like all the back end stuff. And I talked to him first. He felt it was this, it was the right decision. Uh, he had had a couple of uh, projects that felt that kind of like were stopped because of the same thing. And so we decided just to completely end our project completely. And you know, I want to take a take a moment and really talk about um, the fact that with all this being said, do I still believe in NFTs? Yes, I do. Do I believe in NFT artwork? No, I do not. I do not believe in NFT artwork, whether it's PFPs or anything like that. I think it's a good concept. I think that eventually we'll get to the point where it's more similar to artists selling prints, but digital prints. That I love. That is perfect. I believe that NFTs are going to be a lot more, uh, have a lot more utility, which is a common term that you hear thrown around with NFTs. They're going to have more uh, utility for things like proof of ownership of like digital assets, not just artwork, but documents and things like that. Uh, video and music ownership, um, like basically tokenizing, you know, music albums and videos that people can download, basically giving more ownership to the artists themselves. Domain names, there's a lot of domain names out there that are now associated with NFTs. Uh, event tickets, which I think is probably the biggest thing, like sports events, concerts, uh, theater performances, things like that, uh, loyalty reward programs. And I'm, I'm going through a list I have in my, my notes. Uh, patents and, and intellectual property. <laughs> Sometimes I mess up with words. Um, that's probably a, definitely a big one. I think that having those associated with patents and things like that is probably gonna be a good thing moving forward in the future. Uh, software licenses, subscriptions, and especially gaming. For those of you who are in the gaming sphere, you're playing World of Warcraft, Call of Duty, things like that. An NFT for like your, you know, different items and packs and things like that would be really, uh, I think, would be really cool and help also prevent, you know, hacking and theft overall because you have a clear stake of ownership to it. But ultimately, though, with 
PFPs, and this is just like the broad, we're, we're coming, you know, to the point or to like the conclusion of this, you know, be careful with them because, you know, you have to be careful with Beanie Babies. I mean, PFPs, they're the same. Uh, <laughs> you have to be careful with them. You know, if you're not involved in PFPs, don't get involved, period. You know, if you're not involved in NFTs, don't give get involved, period, unless it's, you know, got a specific utility to it. Um, they're not good investments. You know, they will lose you money. Uh, with all the different projects I supported or got involved in, I actually, I think, lost about $4,000, um, which is, I'm lucky in that fact. Uh, a lot of people lost tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands, millions of dollars with these things. And it's just, I, I look at, I'm just like, I was stupid to, to put $4,000 into it. If you're putting a million dollars into it, you're really stupid. Um, I'm sorry to say, but it's, it's my opinion. It's, the, it's what I see as the truth. But if you do want to get involved like with NFT artwork, go for like one of the cheaper, lower tier cryptocurrencies like Tezos. Um, that I, I probably put in like 50 bucks and I bought a bunch of different pieces of artwork and stuff like that. And I went back before I made this recording, I looked at the artwork. I still love the artwork. It reminds me of the nineties and eighties. Um, and it's just a lot of fun, but those things have gone down in, in value too. I, it's, I think it's now the $50 I put in is now worth like 15 bucks or something like that. But that I'm okay with versus buying a PFP that was $250 and now it's worth 20 bucks. That's that's really bad. So, but if if you are involved in PFPs, get out now. That's the clear message right now. Get out. Cut your losses. Your losses are not going to rebound. It's not going to go up. Your, you know, your loss of Let's say you've lost 50% of your investment. It's not all of a sudden going to go to the moon and you're going to uh, have a board uh, Ape NFT worth $500,000 or something like that. It's not going to happen. Get out now. Cut your losses before they get bigger. So ultimately, that's my whole spiel about this. That's the reason why I decided to quit my NFT project. And I feel like it's a good representation of what's going on in the NFT market right now, period. So before we wrap up today's episode, I wanna take a moment and give a special shout out to Josh Muse. Thank you so much, Josh, for leaving a great review on Apple Podcasts. As I mentioned before, if you all would like to get a shout out on today's podcast or on future podcasts, uh, please definitely give us a review on Apple Podcasts. I'm going to choose one random person each episode and give them a big shout out. Uh, if there's no new reviews, then probably not. Probably we'll give a, maybe someone who gave one in the past uh, a little shout out. Um, but thank you so much, Josh. And thank you for your kind words and your support. Thank you. And to all of you other listeners, you know, whether you're tuning in on YouTube or you're tuning in on your favorite podcasting platform, you know, I really appreciate each and every one of you, especially those who have given me your time and uh, listening to this full episode or watching this full episode. I know watching it, you know, might be a bit different. Most people aren't going to sit and watch an entire episode. Who knows? You maybe might listen to it in the background. That's okay. But I want to say thank you again, and I really appreciate all of you amazing listeners. You know, if you enjoyed this episode, you know, and found value in this discussion about NFT PFPs and everything like that, you know, I kindly ask that 
you know, you hit that subscribe button on the podcast, you hit the subscribe button on YouTube, like it, leave a, a review. Hopefully it's a, a good review. Hopefully it's a kind review. And please, you know, also remember to share this episode with any of those, uh, any friends that you might have that might find this content valuable uh, or someone who is thinking about getting into NFTs, tell them, don't do it. Listen to this episode. But your feedback, you know, not only motivates me, it also helps others discover this show and join our incredible, incredible community. Um, so I really would appreciate all your help that you guys have. For those of you, you know, again, who are watching this YouTube podcast, you know, please, you know, remember to, you know, hit that subscribe button, hit the like button and turn on notifications. I know that was out of order. This is a lot. This is podcast is not super big on crazy edits. So <laughs> I'm going to just leave that in. And, you know, for our dedicated podcast listeners, you know, Please just remember, you know, that all of your support means the world to me, to all the people behind the scenes here, uh, my podcast editor, who is hopefully going to be my content manager soon, Deanna, um, to the future uh, designers I'm going to be bringing on to help out with a lot of our content and things like that. We all thank you so much for all of your help. And once again, thank you, Josh Muse, for your support. See, look. You uh, get a shout out multiple times on the podcast. You know, that's what happens when you uh, leave a positive review. <laughs> um, but I want you all to remember to stay tuned for more uh, insightful discussions and valuable content. Remember to, again, do all the CTAs, all the things I just said, but also everyone out there listening, watching this, please remember to always stay passionate, stay positive, and stay creative. That is it for today's episode. I am out. Bye. First off, thank you so much for tuning into today's episode. I really appreciate it. And I look forward to sharing more of these podcast episodes with you in the near future. This podcast was written and directed by me, Rocky Rourke, with special thanks to our brand new podcast editor, Deanna Chapman, for all of her help on this episode and on future episodes. If you'd like to learn more about the podcast or check out some of the previous write-ups and episodes that we put out, you can definitely check us out at bluecyclops.co. That's B-L-U-E-C-Y-C-L-O-P-S dot co forward slash podcast. And please remember to hit that subscribe button wherever it is that you get your podcasting fix, whether it's Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever it is please hit that subscribe button. I look forward to sharing more of these podcasts with all of you in the near future. And if you ever have any questions about today's episode, past episodes, future episodes, or if you would like to give any ideas for what you would like to hear us talk about, please send me a DM on Instagram or Twitter at Rocky Rourke, R-O-A-R-K. All right, that's it for me, everybody. Hope you guys have a great day. And as I've said before, always remember to stay passionate, stay positive, and stay creative. All right, that's it. Bye, everybody.